When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? It's Matty Kiwum. I am joined by my host, OG, Mr. Theo Greminger. This is the latest episode of the Future Cast. And we got a very, very special guest here today. If you haven't already noticed, from the hat, it's our guy from FTN, Jemery Popolars. Did I, did I, I told you could roast me if Popol- I mess up 30 seconds wise. Popolars. 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 I told there him he could, he could let me have it. He could let me have it because it just I'm, 15 seconds ago. Yeah, I'm I'm a nice person. Follow me on Twitter, you know. I don't really get too angry <laughs> too mad. It's all right. You could give me a different name. I don't care. I'll answer. No but doubt. Yes, no I'm, doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. But I, I am uh I am pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm really stoked for tonight. I've had a chance to to have like a deep dynasty dive with Jeremy before. Um, you know, we've interacted on Twitter for a long time. He's a great follow. Uh, you know, shout out to using your last name and uh, as as your Twitter handle. You know, as the OG Fantasy. You know, a shout out to to using using Pope's in there. Puts Pope's FFH at at, at Twitter. Correct, Jeremy. Correct. Yeah, po- so definitely a follow. This time of year, you're dropping really really good threads on your guys. Um, we're really really excited to chop it up and to get a chance to do a Superflex mock draft. This is our, I believe, fourth we've dropped, but the second of the new year, first Superflex of the new year. Uh, so the last one, last one we did was with Cody Carpenter, um, who's you're really sharp. You're sharp. So we want to see kind of where we're at in, in this process. It's a really exciting year for Superflex. We have you know three locked in QBs towards the top. We have two you know Teflon wide receivers, possibly a third if Roma Dunze gets that top ten uh, draft capital. We've got a, a, a you know a dynasty roster changing tight end. Uh, with Brock Bowers. It's a really fun one. But one guy that we are all in lockstep on at the running back position is Braylon Allen. Jeremy, you have him as your RB1 overall in this class. I do as well. So does Matty Kiwum. Uh, And Cody Carpenter's there as well. Why don't you elaborate on Braylon Allen? What are the traits that you like about him and why you see him at the top of the class? So what I like about Braylon Allen is really like the size Six foot two, two thirty five. He's kind of that big lumbering style type of runner. I wouldn't say that he's that explosive type of necessarily runner. the The advanced metrics aren't really there either. When you really look at and break it down from PFF, I chart most of like not chart it for them, but like I have like keep a chart that I make myself of what they have. But like Braylon Allen's like point two four in missed tackles forced. Um, per carry in his collegiate career. And he's only got 0.13 uh, rushes of 10 yards or more per attempt. And if you sort those through the last, let's see, five, four classes that I have here, he's like near the bottom. So if you're going to look at stats and you're going to kind of just pull numbers like that, Braylon Allen, is not really the guy for you? Um, but if you really turn on the tape and watch Braylon Allen, you see stuff that you can really like 2023 wasn't great. Um, it was a different offense for him. He also battled some injuries. It's kind of been the case of his collegiate career. He's kind of always been nicked up, really. 
which is a little bit of a concern headed in, but this is a weaker running back class. And I just really like what he offers as far as the speed. It's been reported that he has run into that like four, 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 five ish type of range at that size um, in the past. So I don't know if he's going to get there truthfully, because this year he didn't look like he's going to run that fast. But if he does get there, I just really like the size, the the complement of where he's going to be. Um, just that power physical running back that can also take it to the house. He also has good hands. Like the numbers aren't there, but like, if you watch like some of the catches he makes on film, he has pretty good hands too. Yeah. And, and for a guy of his age, uh, and you know, reputation for him to get, what was it about 28, 29 catches this year and step Mm -hmm. up the, the, the stat, you know, the, the production there, that was really, uh, it's something great to see. And then to pivot over to the wide receiver position, this is a guy that Maddie has talked about and, Maddie's going to get a chance to see him down the senior bowl. Jacob Cowing, you're high on Jacob Cowing as our re. First of all, Jeremy, how many times are we going to hear Jeremy Cowing and Tank Dell in the same sentence this offseason? It's going to probably make us want to throw up at, at some point, but he is that next like smaller wide receiver that can you know step right into the slot and maybe be a little bit more than that. Your thoughts of Cowing and how you expect him to do down in Mobile? So... The easiest stat when you're really looking stats, if you're going to jump off of that film, is yards per route run. We kind of, I think, as a dynasty and a fantasy community in general can say that's a pretty predictive stat. There's been enough information out there that that's that's a good one to go off of. And when we pull out their career stats for this class, Jacob Cowing's fourth overall, Harrison Leeds neighbors is two, Franklin is three, and Jacob Cowing's fourth um, at 2.55. And then that's similar to, you know, Jalen Tolbert's in there, um, which isn't great. But Kadarius Tony, Justin Jefferson was around that, Jamison Williams. So you have some good names mixed in there. Um, for your example, you pulled Tank Dell. He was at 2.57. So very similar as far as their yards per route run go. I would say that Dell's more shifty. I think Dell was a little bit shiftier. He can kind of make a guy lose, get lost quickly with that shifty and quick, quickness. I think. Um, Cowling's a little more fluid, a little bit slower um, as far as his breaks go. He really leans kind of, you see a lot of his, like, it's not necessarily a full-on whip route, but he likes to go out. He kind of gives you a, a couple steps to the outside and then cuts back in. He does that very well, but he's not necessarily going to lose you the way Tank Dell can, just because Tank Dell's acceleration is a little bit better than Cowling's, in my opinion. But I do really like what Cowling offers on tape. Um, I did see today, actually, uh, the Senior Bowl posted some of, like, what teams they were going to be on and it is verified Cowan came in at like five foot eight so like he's like mm-hmm. yeah 11 he was listed at so now you're really talking like back into that tank dell type of territory um so i do have some worry that like tank dell it's like are you going to get tank dell who was pretty exciting early on did get injured or are you going to get like the i would say like isaiah mckenzie like i could be worried he's a little bit isaiah mckenzie yeah. uh but I do like what he offers. He's a good hand catcher, um, runs decent routes. It's uh, not overly physical and not overly elusive. Um, does have some concentration type of drops on tape as well. So there's goods and bads. I'm not going to be like overly high on him. I guess it would kind of come down to where I see once he's drafted and wherever the consensus falls in. But at the moment, I feel like I'm a little bit higher than other people on him. Um, but yeah. I also think that once you get past five it's kind of like an open point of kind of what you prefer as far as your receivers go 
I had him at 22 overall in my single QB ranks. I dropped the article on playerprofiler.com. But then it's like, Maddie, I look at I look at the guys behind Jacob Cowing and I get a little worried because like I love Cowing and it, we have to love like, you know, what he did on the way out where a lot of guys sat out the bowl games. Instead, he plays against Oklahoma and rips them up, goes for 150 yards and two touchdowns. But I just look at like some of the guys behind him. There's like, you know, in my own rankings, I've got like, you know, Polk and Corley mm-hmm. and like all these dudes. And I'm not like a Jermaine Burton guy, but I think Burton's going to go, you know, potentially ahead of him in the NFL draft. So there's like a bunch of guys. Where are you at, Maddie? I know you're bullish like I am. Are we are we too enthusiastic right now? No, I think it's OK to be uh, excited about it. But I got to say, Jim, you said that was verified, the, 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 the size and weight, the height and weight. Is that according to is that- what? I'm they posted, this, that was right? a little bit of an assumption. I'm not going to lie, but it has a V next to it. Normally when they have a V next to them, that usually means verified right. um, because right. there were other ones that he were E's little, that are right? estimated. Like, you know what I mean? So some were just blank. It just said like five eleven zero. Some said five zero eight zero V. And then some said like six Oh two Oh E. So right. Right. I am making a little bit of an assumption, but normally that V means verified. That so. I mean, th- this is the be- this would be the beginning of the panic fest for for Jacob Cohen because he's listed on the PFF at 175. Mm-hmm. and I thought he actually played a little bit bigger than one seventy five. And I looked at his tape, and then when I see five eight one fifty seven on their post, it's possibly a panic for me. Uh, it would cause me to panic because that's like you said, Jeremy. He would have to be ninety nine percentile of what Tank Dell is for us to get any type of uh, uh, return on investment early on from him, and that's just a tough bet to make. And Theo, you bring up a good case for his fallout, truthfully, because I got him right now, wide receiver 12. Uh, I have I, it's, I, it's tough to comp him. I'm gonna have to see what he looks like on the field in, in Mobile because 5'7, 157 is concerning, but behind him, guys like. Roman Wilson for me. You mentioned a couple of them, Theo. Malik Washington, Devin Booker, uh, Devin Baker. I would hate to see Cowling slip, uh, but I, I don't know if I'm willing to bank. I bet, I bet on Tank Dell last year. I don't know if I'm going to bank on that profile scoring two times in a row given the production because Tank Dell, let's not forget, was the nation's leading receiver. Back-to-back years, over 1,500 yard, receiving yards. He was a mega producer. At Houston, so we'll see what Cowing, uh, you know, what he puts on on the field this week or, or next weekend, because that'll be step one and see what his draft value looks like for me. Well, guys, and if they gonna... measure him there, you know, exactly, you really know exactly. for sure. We want all that, get it all done in a mobile. <laughs> well, we're gonna see, we're gonna see. You know, sometimes you tell the greatest truths when you're OTC, and we're all about to be OTC. We're gonna do a two round super flex mock draft. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun guys. And, uh, we're going to be interested to see where Jeremy, uh, has a couple of these quarterbacks after we get past the, the Jaden Daniels tier. So stick with us here at future cast. We'll be right back. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from pick'em games, specifically underdog pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout. Or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you could 100x your payout on Underdog. Think about week one. 
Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 boom. You can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Oh, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota is going to be in comeback mode. So we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than. Madison, less than. But also Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, And you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100 underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are back here, the future cast, and we are about to dive right in to a pretty big uh, draft. I would say right there, this is our first super flex mock of the entire year uh, of 2024. So let's. Get right into it. I actually gave myself the number one pick. Uh, it's not because no, I know Rick. it's home. It's home. It's home cooking. Home cooking. There's a little bit of strategy behind this because I wanted to make sure Jeremy, our guest, you know, he, he he's got a great process. Uh, and this is a little behind the scenes for all of our people checking on check us out today. I was following Jeremy on Twitter before I knew he was going to be on the show. That's how good he is. That's how that's how good of, of an analyst he is. I appreciate that. And I got him. You got him at third. So I think three is going to be a pivotal point in a lot of our planning going into the rookie draft. So I'll get it started, and I'll make this quick. I'm not going to fret. I'm not getting scared. I am taking Caleb Williams with the 101. I am not falling for this prospect fatigue that is happening on a kid that we've been more than excited to draft here at the 101 for multiple years. He checks the boxes, top 10 in passing yards. He had 30 touchdowns, only five picks. He is the the prospect we have all been waiting for. Now, where does he go? I don't think I'm as nervous as, as I think a lot of people are in terms of going to the Bears or even the Washington Commanders at the top of the draft. There are weapons there. There's some some good restructuring happening in both of those franchises. So give me Caleb Williams, baby. No-brainer pick. And 102, uh, Maddie. not sure what you were trying to, to do to Jeremy, but we're going to find out which quarterback he prefers as his QB2 because I'm going to push Marvin Harrison Jr. up and take him at the 102. I, I think that this is a this is a strategy that you can take into your super flex rookie drafts. I think that this is going to be positional specific, but at the end of the day, I think the consensus is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. just because he's going to continue to gain steam as the process moves along and more and more people get super, super excited about him. Uh, I'm fine taking him at the 102. And I think that there's an argument that you could take him at the 101. I'm probably going Caleb Williams, but if I was set at the quarterback position and I didn't want to like trade back, I might just take Marvin Harrison Jr. on my dynasty super flex rosters and just set it and forget it. Can't I agree. That. 
Jeremy, do you have a comp for Marvin Harrison? What, what's your people? You know, because everyone gets lofty, obviously, with the the best wide receiver prospect they've ever seen. What's your comp for him? Just off the top, um, I haven't really like to be honest. I haven't dove deeply into Marvin Harrison because, like, I kind of know where he's going right, to be ranked right. just because of watching everything. I mean, you're probably getting, you know, like the CD Lammy style ish, maybe. I got a comp. Um, What's your comp, yo? A may way more yoked up, stronger AJ Green. Dude, that's a good one. Yeah, I actually, you know, I, I, I he's the thing is he's not that much bigger than AJ Green. Yeah, but he's the the bench press numbers are wild though. Like Marvin right, Harrison Jr. Right, like, he's gonna uh, be strong. Yeah, his he was setting like really really high uh, reps at Ohio State as like a young player. He'd probably if they if he decides to test at the combine, which nobody does the bench anymore from the wide receiver spot. Harrison Jr. would would set it from the class, and he's going to be, you know, his I think his athletic measurables might be better than than AJ Green ever were. But he's just like, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is just awesome. It's hard it's hard to make a comparison to him. It's really hard for to make a comp for him. Yeah, like I'm currently doing like the prospect profiles, like we're talking like with stuff that I do. I do them over at FTN with the scouting reports and. I like to have like three players in there just because it gives you kind of that idea of like, here's who like kind of like a low end, a mid level and kind of like, okay, this is the ceiling. Um, but yeah, Harrison Jr. is a hard one still. I still kind of want to look at it. I feel like, I don't know. It's tough because I try to compliment the players who are already in the league. It makes it a little easier for people to kind of like for sure. assess that. But I'm still really kind of torn. I, I like, like a CD lamb ish is kind of where I'm sitting. They're similar, you know, a little bit undersized as far as their weight goes. Harrison's a little taller. Um, yeah, that's probably where I'll sit for yeah. right now. See okay. Either, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all excited for the prospect. I was just yeah. wondering to kind of see what, what, what you saw this game style because it just, it, you, it's all over the place right now. So mm-hmm. it, with Harrison, I think we're all just where you're at. Jeremy was, we know we're getting a stud. Who cares who he kind of looks like? We're just excited for the guy. But I'm excited now. You have the 103. <laughs> Do you go? Drake May? Do you dare? I do. Um, I think there's a fair argument to even people saying that the, that gap between Drake May and Caleb Williams is closer than, than people want it to be. Um, Drake May's got a little bit more size to his game. I think he's a little bit less maybe refined you could argue um maybe just has a little bit more maturing to kind of do but he's more that like on schedule type of quarterback he's kind of what you expect out of a quarterback you know he's going to kind of sit in the pocket gives you that dual threat mobility but is a little bit less off schedule than Caleb Williams still can play off schedule um so I'm a little less worried I also think that he might fall into a better situation um, I'm really hoping that it falls out that Caleb goes to Chicago and then Drake may ends up in Washington. I'd really love him in Washington. I think mm-hmm. that that's a good fit. Um, kind of just a, a better type of like Kirk cousins or Taylor Heineke, or even that Sam Howell, you know, the, the few former UNC guy as well. Um, just a little bit better kind of polished type of quarterback than what they've had in the past, but similar in their own right, that it should walk right into that type of, um, system and he's going to already do well obviously you've got Jahan Dotson there you've got Terry McLaurin um Cole Turner's kind of coming up to tight end position but Logan Thomas is still there so there's some options there um and I, I really like Drake May 
at the quarterback position. There's there's a point that I had these guys really, really, really close. So, and I'll I'll, I'll add this guys because I jumped in a a redraft best ball yesterday, and Drake May might be the best value right now at the quarterback position. Uh, there are a lot of these rookies are great values in in right now in early startups values. They'll gain a lot of, of edge. If you do an early startup like this at this point in the process, the rookies are always great values because people have fear of the unknown. But in early best ball, Drake May and Jaden Daniels are both really, really good values, especially May. Like he could easily step in next year and at the end of the day be a top 15 quarterback in redraft. I think he's going to be extremely productive. And I think the the sneaky rushing upside with the right coordinator really like insulates him to have a really nice rookie year. So I think that's the correct pick, Jeremy. You can make the argument for Daniels, uh, you know, but May is super safe and, and super exciting. May going to the Washington Commanders is a sneaky good spot for the personnel reasons and what they're doing with their franchise. They brought in the hotshot team builder. They're interviewing all the right people for the head coaching position. It could be a really good spot for Drake May. And two other reasons why Drake May, people should not get any type of prospect fatigue on this kid is uh, he's got two things that Josh Allen has, which I think is the size and the cowboy. He's got that cowboy in him where you watch his tape. He's jumping over people. He's trying to make plays happen, throwing off his back foot. He's got unlimited upside and you pair that with some weapons and a good offensive base that Washington's trying to build may could sneakily be a lot closer to to Williams than we realize. So I'm with you there, Jeremy. Great pick at the 103. Gotta love how that falls to you. I also love Malik neighbors here at the 104. Um I would potentially go with my Jaden Daniels here. Um, if the team I love if it, it the landing spot but with neighbors, I feel kind of like what Theo is with Marvin Harrison. I think he's a good Four here. He checks all the boxes for me. Target share, yak, missed tackles, force, yards per outrun. All of those are in the top 10 in the country. Um, I think he's going to land on a, on, a, on a good team and he's just going to be a stud from jump. So I, I make uh, Jane Daniels is going to be very, very, very uh, enticing here, I'd say, at the 104, but I'm going to go with Malik Neighbors. I just got turned down at a trade offer in a single QB dynasty league uh, earlier tonight. I offered somebody DK Metcalf and the 111 to try to move up for neighbors in that 102. And it was like the rejection without a counter type deal. Oh. I think people, people kind of get yeah. what neighbors is right now. And, yeah. and the steam, the steam is going nuts for him. Um, that's a great pick, but you made my pick so easy here. 105 here. It's Jaden Daniels. I think you can consider him as, as high as the 103 right now in Superflex. immense fantasy potential. You want to talk about who's going to be, a better NFL quarterback, you know, you can make an argument for Drake May, but in a in a fantasy like you know with the rushing upside that Daniels has with over two thousand rushing yards the last two years, um, you know he led all college quarterbacks in fantasy points per game last year, Heisman Trophy winner. Jaden Daniels here is is a great value at the one hundred and five in Superflex. Sure is. Is there any worry that it's a one year wonder? Sure, but I think that's uh, it's baked in a little bit here at when you take him at like the 105, which is like you know the art maybe the argument against pushing him up to the 104 ahead of neighbors because neighbors I think is just like almost we can all kind of say almost like a can't miss type guy a profile yeah. we'd bet on big time um, and a guy that we expect to be uh, you know very quickly I think a wide receiver one in dynasty, mm-hmm. um, but Daniel and I think you get that like the safe rushing floor. You know, it's yeah. kind of the Anthony Richardson effect yeah. of like, you know, you're going to have that, which is 
you know, fantasy gold when you really break down quarterbacks. You don't even have to be that good. You know, we've seen it so many years in and out that NFL wise, they're not good, but you get that rushing upside really helps in fantasy. So I get it. No, Konami, baby. All right, Jeremy, where are you at at the 106 here? Usually this has come down to between uh, two guys, so this is going to be an interesting one. So I realized doing this, I'm very kind of bullish on this player, uh, but I'm going to take Romo Dunze here. Love it. Um, I actually have him as my wide receiver two now. It's kind of a toss-up between him and Neighbors for me. Uh, I like Neighbors. I actually did Neighbors um, film breakdown earlier than I, I usually start at the back end and come towards the front when I do these. Cause you normally the front class is not really going to change a ton when you really watch them. Um, but I had questions about neighbors. I do like neighbors as a, as a prospect. I just feel like at LSU, he wasn't asked to do a whole lot. Um, I'm getting a little bit of that, you know, Jalen Hyatt type of vibes from him that he leaned on his speed a little bit. He can run routes a little bit better than Hyatt did. Um, but I really like what Odunze brings, depending on where he lands. If he lands in that right spot, he feels more polished than Neighbors to me. I don't think his upside is there. I think if Neighbors really hits, Neighbors' upside's like, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, likely. But Odunze really feels like a Keenan Allen. You know, like I've seen him mock to the Chargers, like kind of that guy that's going to be able to be a PPR machine. He's tough. He's physical. He tracks the ball well. He kind of can stretch the field. He has that speed. He blocks well. He kind of just does everything um, for those for the Huskies. So I really like Odunze. Obviously, it's going to land on that spot. Um, I've seen a couple mocks where he's kind of in that, you know, Chargers or Giants area. And I like those if he does end up in that area, just kind of becomes that guy you know if he lands with the giants like he's the guy in that offense so i really like that for odunze um so for me this is a value uh for him at one six can't be mad about him i have i'm actually working on my mock 2.0 for the nfl draft and i i I, spoiler alert i have him going 10 to the jets and that would be well that would change a lot (laughs) we don't want that yeah, that would change yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's why I, th- I think that's the range in which we're looking here. So it depends on how that shakes out. But I'm here at the 107, and I am taking Brock Bowers uh, at 107. Um, I think we could also get all three of the wide receivers in the top six overall of the NFL draft. I think like yo, that's yeah. in the range of oh, possibilities yeah. too. So um, it's gonna. It depends on how many quarterbacks go. Uh, we'll see what kind of run go if Marvin Harrison goes before the Cardinals. Yeah. I think we could see all three go before the top six. So Jeremy's in upstate New York. I'm on long Island, New York. And like, there's all these media reports now that the giants are going to go wide receiver, despite allowing the second most sacks in NFL history in a single season. And there's like multiple, you know, road grading tackles that are interesting uh, prospects, the guys we like, and I'm sure Maddie, you have highly ranked, it seems like they want to add an offensive skill position player. So, like, if like a, a you could see a Dunze, you know, go you know at six to the Giants and immediately step into an, an incredibly high target share. You know, he could go to the Chargers. There's so many good land. And then you know, if Marvin Harrison Jr. ends up being steamed up, you know, you could see a, a Dunze go to the Cardinals. Uh, so the, I think all three of these guys could get could get pushed up. It, it's really really exciting for fantasy football this draft. Oh, yeah. It's going to get crazy. I don't really have a lot to say about Bowers. Obviously, he's just the unicorn at tight end in this class. We've been excited about him for years. Yak monster. Very versatile player. So it's just an easy-peasy pick here at 107. So, Theo, you're up with the 108. 
you know, just, this, just real this quick, is like, is there any no. concern about landing spot for Bowers with you, Matt? Uh, well, it depends. No, probably not, because I think some of the, the the spots that I could see him going that would be less enticing, uh, could create kind of a a volume boost for him. Uh, there's what about the Colts? I'd be okay I with the Colts. I would be okay with the I Colts. I saw Daniel Jeremiah had him at, to the Colts. That's where he had him. He had him falling that far. Yeah, to, to the Colts. I would. I thought about that. I'd be okay with that. Uh, a mobile would quarterback, you? a guy who would be essentially going into his rookie season after getting hurt early in his actual rookie season with Anthony Richardson. I'd be okay with it. Um, of course, there's a lot of projectability, though, in that in that take because mm-hmm. – there's a lot of pie, a lot of the proverbial pie has to come away from Michael Pittman is a in that Michael Pittman's a player I love, but I think that the connection would be there for a guy like Bowers and Richardson. That would be though, Jeremy, uh, one of my least favorite spots. So thank for giving a little bit of a doomsday situation here because that would probably want to be the the, the tight ends the, are always a doomsday. They always trick us. Always. They, <laughs> after, listen, after last year though. We have a little bit. Of it. Hey, yeah, I know. Lord the tight end fast. market looks good. You're playing <laughs> dynasty fantasy football like right now. <laughs> might be the best tight ends I've ever been. Oh, it's this it's, point. In, it's incredible. Um, you know the the Bowers. If Bowers lands in Indianapolis, that's not a not a good thing for for Michael Pittman. That's just not a good thing for him in dynasty. It's really I think bad Bowers for is my Josh Downs shares as well. Oh, it's terrible yeah, for Josh it's... Downs. <laughs> terrible. We don't want any no, of that. So let's call it here, boys. He's not. Let's let's put it out in the universe. Indianapolis, look elsewhere. Do not take Brock Bowers. Go defense. Trust me, you guys need help there. <laughs> yes. So, so eight Cooper over. Cooper Get the guy from the team. I'm I'm eight overall here, and I feel like this is this is like the tear break, and this is kind of like the flag plant time. Um, I could go a number of directions. I think I could go with the running back spot and take my RB one overall, um, or I could go back to the wide receiver well and take one of these guys that I'm projecting to go in the first round. You know, Maddie, in a couple of these drafts, I've, I've gone Troy Franklin, but I'm going to switch it up for this one. Uh, I think I'm going to go Brian Thomas, another LSU Tiger, big outside receiver, and I think that it's looking more and more likely. Like, I love Franklin, and I have Franklin higher ranked in my own personal rankings, but I'm just thinking that Brian Thomas can end up with a – if I, we're projecting the three wide receivers to potentially go in the top six, Thomas could be the guy that gets pulled up and get you know incredible draft capital so i love about four wide receivers here um but i'm gonna i'm gonna go brian thomas tonight so changing it up a little bit here on future little bt action for og i like it jeremy you're up here with the 109 yeah i like the brian thomas call um i saw i think it was bucky irving that i looked at today that had uh or bucky brooks it was that had him going to cincinnati you yeah. know if, if t higgins leaves and they don't pay him uh brian thomas is a real good fit for them there late so i like that call theo sneaking in kind of mid mid draft there um i'll go troy franklin then won't get too crazy uh if theo normally takes him at eight well i was at nine um i really like troy franklin um did a lot of good stuff for the ducks at some single season records uh receiving yards touchdowns stuff like that this past season now i want to see what he actually measures in at but he is listed at 6'3, 178 so he's a little bit leaner um doesn't necessarily use that physicality. He's not a sudden athlete, but he's a very smooth mover. Uh, very similar to like that Jordan Addison is a guy I liked last year as well. Um, I just like those smooth, silky type of route runners and good movers like that. Franklin is that. Um, he doesn't necessarily run a ton or has been asked to do many, like I would say, complex routes is what I call them. Um, a lot of start stop stuff isn't really totally there, but he's got good speed, good acceleration, really has that gear to eliminate angles once the ball gets in his hands. So, 
I think in the right spot, Franklin could be sneaky good here if you're getting them this late. Low BMI superstar with the uh, the Addison Devonta Smith and mm-hmm. now Troy Franklin. It's it's a uh, it's a good time to yeah. be a skinny skinny wide receiver in the NFL in the process. Jeremy, what's your what, nuts landing spot for Franklin? What's what's the best? Um, honestly, <laughs> yeah. let's be a little biased, right? Upstate New York, baby. Um, oh, he would be such a good bill. <laughs> I would absolutely love <laughs> him in Buffalo. Helmets, to be honest, I helmets. Um, you know, obviously Stefan Diggs, as we all have saw last night, forgot how to catch footballs. Um, but no, <laughs> jokes aside, uh, I would, I think the bills need a secondary receiver. I think he kind of fits a good mold of field stretchers, really what they kind of need at this point. You can see Diggs is kind of either a been injured or lost the step. So Franklin give, would give him that field stretcher role, kind of what Gabe Davis has done for the past few seasons if they don't bring him back. So I like that. And then they can go elsewhere somewhere. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, it's that it's that Bills Chiefs bottom of the first round where I think he's insulated mm-hmm. at. And it's one of those things where we'd love to see Troy Franklin go inside the top 20. But if he goes at the end, of you know, it gets attached to Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes at the tail end of the first round. Uh, it's going to be it would be an incredible landing spot for him. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I'd love to see him be a Buffalo Bill. I think he'd be fantastic there. I also like him. I get the early of the first, you know, if, if Caleb Williams or Drake may or Jaden Daniels go like one, two, three there, you know, also like new England, Washington, or to kind of pair them with one of those rookie quarterbacks would be nice. Oh, that'd be an awesome, awesome yeah, uh, outcome spot. as well. Maddie, you're OTC here. And, and are you thinking, is this your time Maddie in a super flex where you're going to be thinking about quarterback? Where do you think is the right pick? Uh, maybe the right cutoff uh, where, you know, get a couple wide receivers selected, and then now you're looking at those quarterback four through six. So at this point, uh, well, I'm kind of in a, a flat spot for my wide receiver ranks. Um, my my running back one is still on the board, but he's not an overwhelming running back one to the field. So yeah, right here at the 110, back into the first is where I'm going to be sniffing for my fourth QB off the board, and I'm going to choose Bo Nix. Um, I think that Bo Nix has shown the poise, talent, and athleticism to play well at the next level. I think his landing spot is uber-dependent or uber-important, more so than others when it comes to fantasy because I don't know if he is the type of player to elevate bad weapons, but I do think in a spot uh, where there are some known commodities in the offensive side of the ball, he can thrive. We saw how accurate he was both in completion percentage and, and adjusted completed percentage, over 4,400 passing yards, and then 45 touchdowns to three picks. I understand the offense was clicking on high cylinders. He had Troy Franklin, Tez Walker, others. Uh, but he he, he he's my favorite uh, to be the fourth quarterback in my ranks. He is now, and I, I really think he could be that throughout. He's going to get a chance to compete directly against Penix in Mobile, which is great. Um and where I see him kind of coming off the board, but I'm looking at the the NFL draft here, uh, potentially as early as Minnesota at 11, or if they were to move back, Vegas, Seattle, probably the biggest long shot, but still they are looking for a quarterback is Pittsburgh at 20. All those teams have weapons. Would love it for Nick. So he's my fourth quarterback right now. I like the pick, and I think you could consider, like if Nick gets that, gets a, you know, lands in the first round, and goes to a spot that you know Maddie mentioned. Then I think you start thinking about him after Brock Bowers, uh, depending on the the positional needs you get. But 
I like Mix Knicks. He's kind of like a what you see is what you get guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Penix, for that matter, as well. Both those guys are 23-year-olds, whereas McCarthy is like 20. There's a lot of like big range of outcomes with him. But here at 11, I could go back to the QB well. Uh, there's a bunch of wide receivers I like. But I'm going to take my, my RB1. I'm going to take Braylon Allen. And I think this is exactly the kind of spot, uh, you know, right around that one-two turn in Superflex to start considering the, the RB1 in this class. Uh, you know, push comes to shove. This this is probably a quarterback or wide receiver, but I'm flag planning Allen. I think he's going to get that draft capital. 19 years old. He'll be a 20-year-old rookie next year. He's a bell cow. Uh, and we all have him as our RB1. So let's go. I'm going to get Braylon Allen, RB1 overall off the board. All right, Jeff. Top here 40 draft capital. I'm calling it. I love it. I love it. And 38th. Take a look at who's 38th, and you'll know why. Anyways. Uh, Listen, well, who's 38th? I love it. I love it. I don't have my draft. Yeah, yeah. Let yeah, yeah leave us hanging. Let everybody know. It's the second round. Oh, you guys don't know? No. Uh, <laughs> it's the Titans. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Replace you go. Derrick Henry with Derrick Henry, right? <laughs> yeah. That would Different be, coaching would... staff now, so they might not, but I'm just saying. It would be poetic, it is poetic right? Poetic. Yeah, poetic. Um, I'm going to actually go to the receiver well here. Uh, for me, my fourth quarterback doesn't. I have them in the second round at this point until we really get a true draft landing spot for me with Superflex. Mm-hmm. If it's a second round quarterback, I'm not taking them till the second round. And there's no guarantee we get that third one or fourth one, I should say, in the first round this year. So I want to see that before I'm really going to push them up. So this early in the process, um, I'm still in the receivers running backs here. Uh, I'm going to go Keon Coleman. I think there's a lot of upside here in Keon Coleman's game. Kind of that big explosive type of athlete, six foot four, two ten, big physical yards after the catch type of guy can kind of make plays in the screen game has uh, the circus catches, strong hands, a very huge catch radius kind of can, do it all really one of those intact type of players. I do think that he could even be a potential for the Bengals to replace T Higgins. Um, so I really like him. I think he could sneak into the back half of the first round. I've seen him mocked even to Tampa Bay somewhere in there. And in, in that later half of the first round, I think he could sneak in just because of the immense upside. Is he totally refined? No. And polished by no means. But uh, I think we've seen it plenty of times. The NFL likes to swing on these type of raw athletic prospects and that's Keon Coleman. So, yeah, the size, the youth, Matty Kiwum, uh, that's Matty's fade. Uh, but I again, I've 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 ranked him eighth overall in my single QB rankings. I think this is a good range to take him in, um, and I think the NFL teams will end up taking him in the first round. I've seen the criticisms where you know you bring up raw. Some people think he can't separate, but at the end of the day, I think NFL teams are going to believe in him. Matty, your Keon Coleman fade summarized in a short little uh, description. I just wonder why a guy this big and this much of a physical specimen is lacking in yards per outrun, yards after catch, and contested catch rate. Um, but I have always left the door open because he is that physical specimen. If the numbers are out of control and the draft capital is there, um, he will shoot up to kind of that muck of wide receivers. But as of now, he's kind of at the bottom end of that whole, call it most people's rankings, five through ten or so. Jeremy, we're snaking it tonight, so you're back OTC. Oh, snake. Oh, gosh. No. Oh, Are we? Oh. Um, oh, do you want to? You don't want to snake it, man? I didn't. I didn't snake it. So oh, I don't want to cause you. Oh, then I don't want to throw him. Up, I don't know. You know, hit oh, him with let's a go. Surprise a ruski, baby. Oh, I apologize. We're back to Matty Kiwum then, right here at the uh, at the 201. Uh, so I'm actually going to uh, go back to the wide receiver. Well, I'm going to take Xavier Worthy. It's just really the speed. 
Uh, I just I've seen the speed translate before. I've seen the speed uh, ra- make make players rise up draft boards. Uh, I'm just really going to buy into the speed here. The first pick in the second round. I like Worthy a lot. I've seen a lot of negative on the uh, the Twitter sphere. I've been posting a lot of his highlights. I'm actually working on a scouting report now because I was rolling through Texas, and I I still like him a lot. Um, good hands catcher doesn't overly separate like explode. He's not as like twitchy as you would expect for a little bit undersized guy. But again, kind of like my MO that I really like, he's very fluid. And like you said, the speed that transition um, from a stop to go uh, is really quick as well from Xavier worthy. So a lot to like, I still think with him, I'll keep it. I'll keep it easy here. I could go back to the quarterback well here and take one of the two guys. I think make a, make a ton of sense here at the beginning of the second round. But I'm going to stay in Texas, and I'm going to go Adonai Mitchell. I'm going to take another Texas Longhorns wide receiver, another outside wide receiver. He's got that dog in him. You know, this is the kind of guy that I think is going to get top 40 draft capital. I think he could potentially land very well. He's a touchdown scorer. He had 10 touchdowns last year, first year on Texas. Um, And I think that NFL teams are going to like him a lot. I think he's a 4-5 guy, but he's got the size, and he's got the ability to win on the outside. Uh, I'm excited about Adonai Mitchell, especially if I'm getting him here in the second round. So I'm just going to just toss this out here. Since Maddie brought it up with Keon Coleman, do you know who has the least amount of yards per route run in the 2024 draft class of these names that we've had selected so far? Adonai Mitchell. Yep. He's pretty bad. I have, as far as that stat goes, I wouldn't say he's bad. I think he's a decent receiver. Um, But He's below Keon Coleman, Xavier Leggett. Um, yeah, it's not looking great for him as far as that stat goes, but just throwing it out there, little nugget. Oh, yeah, no, no, I saw but, I saw know. that one before, and I and I but, do think you know. that there's something to be said for <laughs> I do think there's I something to be said for, for for Mitchell being in his first year in Texas. I wonder how his career would look if he would have had his whole career there in a more wide receiver focused offense. Um, but again, the the other thing about Adonai Mitchell is he comes into Texas, he scores more touchdowns than Worthy and Jatavian Sanders, and we see Jatavian mm-hmm. Sanders numbers take a take a dip because of the presence of Adonai Mitchell. So I, he's a dude. The guy's a dude. Yeah, I, and he's going to get the draft capital. I have him really. I'm like my favorite comp for him right now is Nico Collins. Like I, I really that. think yeah. that those yeah. two are very yeah. similar players. Kind of like not explosive. Like not like not necessarily not explosive, but like. They're not going to run away from you, but they do enough to separate. And even when they're covered, they're pretty much open. So I do agree, Theo, kind of with that. This is where one of those yards per route run stats you can see gets skewed because he was in Georgia for so long and he was their pri- one of their primary receivers. So he's always out there running a route. But Brock Bowers was like their passing offense for so long. Now he comes to Texas and he's got to split it with three to four guys. Even that Jordan Whittington was pretty good as well. So like they had like three, four guys in this passing game and then add in Jordan Brooks. Like, mm. so that's where you got to kind of take some of these stats with a grain of salt. So that's kind of what I wanted to bring it up. I, I don't think he's bad, but this yeah. is where you can get in trouble when you're really just looking at stats because he doesn't jump off the screen when it comes to that. It's the same thing that we mentioned earlier with Braylon Allen. So that's right. But let's see what were you at two, three, right? Yep. You got the two, three pick here, Jeremy. Let's, 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 let's see what you here. got. Um, so I'm kind of in between here and I'm just going to get away from Texas. So we can just not talk about the Longhorns <laughs> anymore, um, but we'll go back to Florida state. Um, I'm going to go Trey Benson here. I think that, after even honestly all of these guys here the top i've got 
five that are very similar. Um, but Benson has a little bit of more size uh, at six one two fifteen. As long as he comes in at that weight, I still really like him a lot. Uh, good speed. I think he improved his vision and patience this year in twenty twenty three. That was a big knock for me in twenty twenty two. Just felt like he was overrunning stuff this year. It looked a little bit better, a little slower. Um, as far as before he turned on the Jets, still has that speed and breakaway type of running ability um so i still like trey benson here just a little bit bigger than your guys of like the big blake uh, can't speak blake quorums or bucky irvings yeah. um i also really like jonathan brooks as well here but we're gonna I had, for a bit i had trey benson as my rb3 i dropped my rb rb rankings on player profiler today um and he hit 22 miles an hour in a game so i think that 40 like the speed numbers for, for Benson are really going to be eye popping, especially when you consider his size. Um, so like, of all, like we're trying to project draft capital on a lot of these running backs, Maddie, unless there's something weird with like the previous injury he had at Oregon, then, and he doesn't get a clean bill of health. Then I think this is a guy that we can safely put on day two. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, right now uh, he's my running back too. Yeah. And then so I have I've, Jonathan Brooks, my running back three. So uh, this is why this is, you know, podcasting can be beautiful. We have a guy with a Vince Wilfork Patriots jersey and a <laughs> gentleman with a bunch of Bills jerseys. I think essentially becoming podcast best friends because it seems like a lot of our yeah, friends like are it. aligning here, Jeremy. So, yeah. I, I agree those those three do. That's so, yeah, we're good. We're good so like far. A, it's like a, <laughs> like a, like a step, step, step brothers. Step moment. brothers. You want to go do yeah. karate in the garage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So does that make me like the dad? On step no, brothers, Derek. It makes me Derek. Yeah, you could be Derek. Yeah, Derek. Derek. I, thank you, thank you. You're guys. driving on the way to the car. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we could break out, break out in songs, break out in song. Catalina Wine Wine Festival. I got to make my nut, guys. Maddie Kewum, you got to get, you got to make, you got to make your nut here at the 204, so to speak. So I'm just gonna go. This is a a bit of a, a projectability pick for me, but I'm gonna take Xavier Leggett. He's old. He didn't pop till 2023. But when I watch him, my brain, as silly as it might be intrusive thoughts, I just can't stop saying to myself, that's DK. That's DK Metcalf. That's that's freaking DK Metcalf. And I just can't stop thinking that when I watch him play. So here at the 204, I'm taking a lot of ticket on another DK type body type. Yeah, like the only like the only criticism on 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 Xavier is the fact that he's old and the mm-hmm. fact that he broke out late. But then you factor in he was a quarterback in high school like so he loses a little bit of development there so i don't know he's a he's a like a polarizing guy right now because if i told you he was 21 years old and he did this as a junior everybody would would like steam him into the first so it's it's a funny funny thing uh with with legit right now um i'm otc here guys i think this is it's time i'm gonna go ahead and take jj mccarthy here at the 205 this makes sense i think that's like if the problem with mccarthy is I don't see him. There's a lot of problems with McCarthy, to be real. I wish he would have gone back to Michigan, but I think Mm -hmm. NFL teams are going to like him enough that somebody's going to take him in the first round. The problem being, I don't think he starts ideal. It's a real mess if he gets starts in his rookie year. I think like this is the kind of guy you want to sit on and kind of maybe get a couple starts towards the end of the season if the team's bad, but he needs needs development, and he'll only be a 21-year-old rookie. We saw Anthony Richardson start at 21. This is a different guy. This is not that. So, but here, you know, getting a potential starter, uh, guy starts in year two. 
and will get first round draft capital, I'm okay taking him in my super flex draft, but it's really more of a value thing than, hey, I love the player. I'd really like him in New Orleans. Unfortunately, New Orleans yeah, that's a good stuck spot. with their car for another year, but mm-hmm. I think that would be a good fit in that offense once you know Carr moves on. You know, you still got Chris Olave there coming up. They could get another receiver next year before mm-hmm. he comes in. I like that spot. Just seems like a good spot for McCarthy. Either that or he's gonna go where Harbaugh goes if he goes to a spot well, that needs you know, a quarterback, you know. Harbaugh says right. he's the greatest quarterback in Michigan history. And like, you know, talk some up. So let's see, uh, you know, put your money where your mouth is, Harbaugh, and draft yeah. the kid. Right, he'll just be smart. He'll go to the Chargers or something. So he's like, yeah, I got, I yeah, got, I don't, don't have to. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Yeah, I can't take you. <laughs> but he could stay in LA. I'd love to see him go 20 to the Rams, have McVeigh you know, yeah, be under Rams McVay's wing nice for too. a year, Matthew Stafford for you. That'd be nice. And I think that's kind of baked in. The insurance is a little baked in there, Theo, at 205. So, Jeremy, yeah. now you're up 206. Um, I'm going to skip off my rankings a little bit because I just we took too many quarterbacks and it may be Penix here if he gets a good spot but uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go running back again I think this is the sweet spot for running backs I think that mid to early second um, depending on how many draft capital we get um, but I'm going to go Blake Corum here uh, he's a little bit I mean he's undersized as far as height goes at 5'8 but he's stout he's got 210 um, pushing behind him you watch him play uh, really good vision explosive powerful still type of runner i he's not necessarily gonna like run run you over but if he gets behind you with the leverage and his pads and leg drive he's gonna push you over um an absurd amount of touchdowns i gotta um 20, i don't have it actually 20 it was 27 27 this year yeah. but like when you look at him last historically yeah he has like 50 i think he has 58 or 59 and then he has like 58 receptions like he has an absurd right. amount of touchdowns <laughs> um like knows for the end zone so i'll take him here i know it's a little undersized but i think he's gonna get good draft capital kind of fits that mold of the nfl where they're going a little bit smaller quicker the devon a chains the james cooks those guys that are a little undersized so um i'll go that route with him here i, I think it's I, baked I, in like you said a little bit mid-second this point you're throwing darts most times so I put him at seven overall in my single QB rankings and a lot of pushback on that. People didn't like it, but I think at the end of the day, this is a guy that's going to return many seasons of RB2 production. He's got that that nice frame. And Maddie, you've talked about like how he's a high character guy, mega mm-hmm. producer at Michigan, and he's going to have draft capital. NFL teams are going to like him. They're going to love Corum. Really, we had a really fun future cast with Ian Miller of the 33rd team. We did basically the same thing we're doing with Jeremy, uh, except we did it in single QB. And we talked a lot about Quorum. It was an interesting one. Uh, but yeah, I love that pick right there, Jeremy. That's how you uh that's how you like really, really build up your dynasty roster. And I'm already regretting taking JJ McCarthy over Blake Quorum. It's like Theo, turn <laughs> on a turn on a Michigan game, bro. <laughs> right. Yeah, I took the true quarterback in Michigan offense. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So I'm up here with the 207. There's two longhorns that are kind of calling out being picked but i'm agreeing with jeremy i think that this is the running back sweet spot and i'm gonna go with jonathan brooks um i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie to you guys i'm gonna so far i'm putting a lot of trust in that uh what do they call it i'm gonna draw a blank here the the ncaa the, the the consultants that allow these players to talk to before making their decision whether they go to the nfl 
or not. I'm putting a lot of eggs in that basket with Braylon Allen, J.J. McCarthy, and Jonathan Brooks. If he did not get good news from the potential of his draft capital, I don't think he comes back. I mean, I don't think he comes out. So I'm going to go Jonathan Brooks here in hopes that uh, he's a fourth-round pick, third-round pick. Uh, but here at 207, I'm okay with it. And just a mental I exercise. Totally guy, forgot. If he never I got would have taken him. If he never well, then I would have taken Blake Corum. So if he never would have gotten hurt, the, tra- the trajectory he was on this season, he yeah. would have gone at the 108 in this draft. And he would have been the probably one off the board. I, I mean, you watch, you turn it, turn on his games. Like some of the stuff he does is really. At first, I was a little bit of a Jonathan Brooks hater early in the season. I'm like, yeah, he's doing well. It's Texas, but you really turn it on. This this kid's electric. As long as he doesn't lose too much of it um, from the injury, there's this is going to be a real good value in drafts, depending yeah. on what he gets for draft capital and where he lands. Um, Brooks is a guy I really like. Yeah, and this one, uh, you know. It's a really, really good value. Uh, right here, guy. You know, I, I, Maddie, I could go a million ways here at the two hundred eight. There is there's a this bunch is a, of guys a that I like. A million ways. There's several running backs I really, really like, but I think that I'm going to go with Jatavian Sanders. And I think at the oh, end man. of the day, Jatavian Sanders has a chance to sneak into the first round. He's the clear tight end two in this draft. He had the most tight end receptions in Texas history as a sophomore. Uh, this is a guy that is like a plug and play. If there was no Brock Bowers. I think there would be a little more enthusiasm for Sanders right now. Uh, so I'm I'm happy to get him. Also a young player. I believe he's 20 years old. He'll be 21 year one year old rookie. Um, early, you know, early breakout of Texas, checks off a ton of boxes. So I'm I'm Jatavian Sanders here, and I'm I'm happy about this pick. Okay. Like Jatavian, you know how I feel about Jatavian's OG. You know I love me some Sanders this year. So Jeremy, you're up with the 209. Love Jatavian Sanders as well. I think he's gonna be like Johnny Smith. But what we were hoping John Smith was going to be, you know, people forgot I, the, the prospect profile that he carried coming into college. Like he was that dude coming in, going to Texas. Yeah. Um, I'll take the running backs. I still think we got a well here. Uh, and obviously it's going to be draft capital. If like all these guys go, you know, fifth, sixth round, obviously <laughs> see you later. Um, but uh, I'm going to go Bucky Irving. Again, a little bit of that undersized mold, but he does have 5'10", 194 is what he's listed at at Oregon. This guy's another guy you got to turn the tape on, man, much like Blake Corum. Explosive, good vision, really good catcher of the football. Um, Just a lot to like out of Bucky Irving. I really think with the direction the NFL's going, you're seeing it with the James Cooks, the Devon A. Chains. Um, Rashad White was a little bigger, but you're, you're looking at that pass-catching dual threat type of ability, the speed to get to the edge, a little bit more of the zone type of blocking schemes at the NFL level. Um, and I think Bucky Irving fits really well into that mold. So given a good landing spot, I think that we could see him have a really good potential here to, to boom this late in the second. I love Bucky Irving. I mean, yeah. I think Bucky Irving, like, I, I really want to get a ton of Bucky Irving and a ton of Audric Estime. And, like, in this range, I think you get exposure to both. My, the Maddie, I would take Estime in, like, two picks. But uh, you, we have a little bit of a rule here at FutureCast. Yeah. You like to mix it up with our final three. Yeah, with the last three, they call them the green picks, the green zone. We're going to go with stuff that's off the board, not people that we expect to be second-round picks. They might be third or even fourth-round picks, but just guys that we want to put in the radars of our listeners. Just put this guy in the back, burner, follow him through the process, and maybe he surprised you. Um, and I've gone a few different ways. This week, uh, my sleeper pick, I'm going to go with Malik Washington, a wide receiver from Virginia. 
uh, I haven't dug deep, too deep. I have, they have a lot more left to dig on Washington, but there's just every time I've I've checked him out so far, I've liked what I've seen. He's small. Don't get me wrong, five eight. He's listed at 194 pounds. That would make him a bowling ball, if that were true. I would expect him to be a little bit lighter uh, when he gets some, you know, some official. Actually, is he in the senior bowl? I'm going to have to look that. Out. He might be in the senior bowl. So I, have to I check think he is out. in the senior bowl. Yep. So I have to see what their measurables. I'll check that out here. But we're talking about a kid that was at Northwestern who doesn't throw the ball. If you remember, Northwestern was part of a game that had the lowest uh, projected point total against Iowa in the history of professional. I mean, of college football. So that's not a good offense. He goes to Virginia this year, and he gets 1,300 receiving yards. He pops in a number of metrics, has over 100 receptions. I'm excited to see what this kid can can do throughout the process because we've mentioned it at the top of the show talking about Jacob Cowing. The difference between Cowing and Tank Dell was the difference of production in their final year of college where Malik Washington does have that final year of production. So I got to get a little bit more. Caught a few passes, didn't he, Matty? Caught a few passes, 111 of them. That's a lot. Um, so there's a lot to dig into. I want to get more in depth in, in, in his ability to run routes and how he wins on the field. But man, that production is hard to ignore. So I want to put him on the radar of our listeners here. I I, I love it, and uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, but again, we're gonna find out a lot about him. And you know, we had uh, we had a Dontavian Wicks, a UVA wide receiver, last year. Um, the gets drafted on day three and was way, way better than people thought. So maybe this could end up being a place where guys get drafted on day three and end up, you know, producing the league. So we'll find out a lot about Malik Washington in the process. And just to make Maddie's life hard, last time I threw out two players for my sleeper, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out Theo, Theo Johnson because I, I, I keep like trying to, I'm trying to flag plant a tight end three in this class. And I think it's difficult right now to kind of sift through. There's a number yeah. of guys could get there, but Theo Johnson's going to be at the Senior Bowl. This is a guy who had seven touchdown catches for Penn State this year. Uh, he's a mega athlete in, in the fact that, like, his test numbers, I think, are going to be fantastic because he's reportedly runs somewhere between a four five and a four five five, but he's every bit six five two sixty. Uh, and I and I think this is the kind of guy that could make a name for himself in Mobile. And then I'll throw out a throwback name because Maddie talked about him. Uh, Maddie talked about him a while a while back here on Futurecast. Maybe this is like two months ago. But Dylan Lobb, Dylan Lobb is my RB ten in this class. A uh, guy I'm super excited about um, to see how he does in Mobile. This is a Maddie Kiwum guy, a Cody Carpenter guy, but he's from Long Island where I live. We don't have enough, you know, Long Island guys in the NFL as well. And I think Dylan <laughs> Lobb, like some of the receiving numbers are just stupid. If you look at his, if you look at his stats this year. The Central Michigan game, his only game against FCS competition, he he went insane. It was like 12 catches, went over 200 yards receiving. Um, and he had a couple other games where he was like double-digit receptions. Uh, and he led FCS in all-purpose yardage as a junior. So we'll see. I mean, if he has a bad, a bad week in Mobile, there's going to be no steam. But I think he can make a big name for himself. We'll see where it goes. Love it. You know I love it. So, Jeremy, you're up here. Who's your sleeper? Who's the, someone that uh, the people tuning in tonight is going to leave being, oh, I didn't know about this guy? Um, So he's gotten some steam on Twitter. Uh, but Jamari Thrash out of Louisville, um, he will be at the Senior Bowl as well. So we'll see something from him there. Uh, six foot one, 185. Not overly big, but again, he's kind of one of those 
little bit twitchier type of athletes. He is tied for fifth with the Devantez Walker and Johnny Wilson at 2.52 yards per route run um, in five seasons. So again, that's kind of a good stat. I would almost say the longer you're in the in collegiate football, sometimes those numbers can fall down a little bit because um, obviously you're out there a little bit longer. So I do like that from him. Kind of an explosive athlete, can stretch the field. Decent route runner, good hands, has over 26,000 uh, receiving yards in his collegiate career, 18 touchdowns. So um, a lot to like from Thrash. I, I still really have to dive deep, deep into him, um, kind of like you had said with yours. But I do like him. There's some borderline. I kind of want to see what he looks like at the Senior Bowl, and we'll go from there. But I really think that that's a name that you kind of got to keep an eye on. He just isn't really getting named. He's like in that category with the lad McConkeys, uh, the walkers, these guys that are getting talked about when you're looking at the uh, yards per route run stats. So I think he could be in there. He could be sneaky kind of in that Roman Wilson type of, they're kind of similar mm-hmm. athletes. So we have all these guys that are like these transfer wide receivers where I think like the process of like looking at these guys, we've tonight's tonight's show. We talked about Cowan Coleman, Adonai Mitchell. Uh, Maddie just talked about Malik Washington uh, Jamari Thrash was at I think Georgia State or something like that before Louisville. Like, there's so many of these guys you have to like factor in, you know, less time with these programs and all this kind of stuff. It's a very cool and new thing here in the process. Tez Walker is steaming up. He could have mm-hmm. easily been in our two round uh, draft this tonight, um, and he started out in like the MAC, ended up at UNC. So definitely, definitely a cool thing. But Jeremy, this was awesome tonight. Remind everybody about the work you're putting out at FTN. Uh, and what you have coming out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I appreciate being on, first of all. Uh, but yeah, as far as work goes, a ton of Dynasty stuff. I'm actually going to be pushing out um, this coming week some Senior Bowl previews, kind of just brief talks about like top five of each position, and then just a list of kind of a little bit of blurbs on some of the guys after those top five, that at least my top five that I want to talk about. It's not really rankings, just kind of five guys, like you'd said here in these last three picks. Just like five guys put names on the radar. Some of them are the better guys. Some are a little bit less. Uh, but I'm going to have that coming out this week. Uh, and then just some dynasty stuff in general at the DFTN dynasty podcast. Definitely head on over there. It's on pretty much every single broadcast network out there. Uh, you can just listen to me and my dull voice talking uh, to a microphone for a bit. But uh, yeah, some good stuff. They're quick episodes. So good. Listen, uh, I'm going to have Adam Pfeiffer on as well from FTN. I think coming up here, we're going to run through like we did last year. Um, some prospect episodes, which were really great stuff. So you have all that stuff. And then uh, obviously the scouting reports that are over at FTN. I have all those links on my Twitter at Pope's FFH. Uh, pretty much link every all my work. So makes it easy follow me there yeah, yeah. Check it out. I, highly highly <laughs> recommend highly recommend jeremy's work definitely check it out uh definitely smash the like subscribe to player profile youtube here we're going to be coming out with with uh shows like this all off season getting you ready for your dynasty rookie drafts getting ready for your dynasty off season maddie Cubum, are you dropping a blue chips this week oh yeah we're going to be talking about the offensive side of the football for the senior bowl baby I love it. Maybe I'm going to talk a little bit about Theo Johnson since you just spent so much time with Theo Greminger. And check out, guys, <laughs> Sonic Truth. Sonic Truth is dropping Thursday. Alan Soslowski is on his like sabbatical. He takes this time of year. So Andrew Cooper is going to be joining the Podfather and I. We're going to talk a little bit of Dynasty. And then Dynasty Life on Wednesday right here on Player Profile YouTube. I have Jax Falcone. We're going to be talking about this 2024 class, and we're going to be comparing it to the 2023 class. Stick with us all off-season long here at FutureCast. 
and a player profiler uh, and enjoy the rest of your week. Later, guys. Peace. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.